You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 159, covering The Siege and Invasive Procedures. Friends, we're back with two more episodes of The Deep Space Nine. Yep. And some of them are good, and some of them are less something. Good. Less good. Let's, less Let's go with good. less good. We got the third part to the Lee saga, though. Yes. Lee 3. Lee 3. The Siege. Yes. The Lee Siege. No. That doesn't... Get lost in this one. Yeah. <laughs> you need some help? <laughs> Too bad. I'm gonna let you drown. <laughs> Ah, let you drown in your Lee siege. Yeah, we, um, I, I, I was reading, apparently this is one of the only three-parters that they ever did. Really? I assumed there were more three-parters than this. Nope, it's the only time DS9 did them, and apparently the only time Star Trek did them until they did a few in Enterprise. Huh. And that was it. Now, they did, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to this in Deep Space Nine when we get to the war stuff. They'll, they'll do, like, seven-parters. Wow. Yeah, there's, like, a... There's a season opener where I, I won't spoil anything, but there's a huge thing that changes at the end of one season. Mm-hmm. And you figure, okay, well, obviously the, the, the opening, you know, everything's going to go back to normal. And then it doesn't. Yep. And then <laughs> the next part it doesn't. Not. And then it doesn't. And then it doesn't for like weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. So we got that to look forward to. But but for now, I mean, they're still pretty solid, you know, with this with this whole siege thing. Yep. So why don't you tell us about that? All right, I will. Okay. So, after a previously on that lasts longer than the wait between Fake Trek and Fake Trek 2, we join Cisco giving everyone a stirring speech about not bailing on the station. Unless you want to. In which case, cool, cool, that's cool, cool. Station is evacuated, loved ones are separated. Also, Keiko and Chief O'Brien. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kieran Dax get dumped on a Bajoran moon to grab a busted-ass fighter to deliver the news about the Cardassians supplying weapons to the Bajorans. The, to the Bajoran coup to Bajor. That was a tough sentence. Dax is attacked by a spider puppet stapled to a room. <laughs> and back on the station, evacuations are complete, except for Quark, whose brother sold his seat to a Dabo girl. Nice one, Ralph. And Cisco and company prepare for the Bajoran invasion, which is completely awesome. Gang hides out in Jeffrey's tubes and uses some sweet guerrilla tactics to play for time, while Kira and Dax get the information to the Bajoran government, such as it currently is. Their crappy little ship crashes, but luckily Kira and Dax are saved by Vedic Barail and smuggled before the Bajoran Council, including Skeletor and Cunt Wing. Vedic Wing! Vedic Wing, excuse me. How embarrassing. <laughs> Keep getting that name wrong. Yeah, weird, huh? Back on the station, Cisco informs the head of the invading force of the Cardassian involvement, and they all stand down. Order is returned to the station, and things go back roughly to normal. And Kira makes plans to have rough naked sex with Barail. You inserted rough in there. There was no rough in your in your summary here. No, but I imagine that it'll be pretty rough naked sex. Well, yeah, with, with Kira. Yeah, with Kira. I'm sure Beryl will just lie there. Yeah, probably. He's stare not... creepily in uh, the distance. Uh, uh, Beryl, are you okay? I'm just staring intently at the ceiling. I'm just thinking of witchy woman. <laughs> He's got a very David Putty way about him where he stares he kind, off. He kind of does. Those old episodes of Seinfeld where Putty's staring off, like you cut to Putty's apartment where he's staring off into the distance before the phone rings, where he's just like, that's how he spends his time. Yep. You picture that's how Vedic Burial, like, uh, only he, he said, oh, no, no, I was meditating. You no. stole my prophet's fish. <laughs> this is why you're not going to uh, uh, the fire, we go? fire caves. There you go. 
I was going to say Stovokor, but that's not right. This is why you're not going to Stovokor. That's not even us. No. Shut up. And I made that joke in another episode anyway. You got a question. You asked the eight ball. <laughs> Excuse me, eight orb. Yeah, there you go. Which is nothing like a ball. No. Look how hourglass it is. Yeah, which uh, oddly looks like an eight. Yep. Uh, what was your good what thing? What is happening? I don't know. What was your good thing, Matt? <laughs> this is why I love Deep Space Nine. Tension, alien politics, war stuff, Cisco giving speeches about standing up for something. But the best scene in the entire episode's gotta go to Jake and Nog worrying if they're ever gonna see each other again. It's really good work from two guys who are like, what, like 10? Yeah, something like that. Like, I started off this series being fully prepared to not like either of those characters. Yeah, kid because, characters. Here we yeah. go, more Wesley. Yippee. Yeah, I don't want kids on my Star Trek at all. No. But you know what? These guys are pretty great, and their friendships really sort of evolved over the course of just the first season and a little bit into the second. Well, and I said this in Next Gen, more often than not, when they did an episode about kids, they were actually pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give it to these writers. They know how to write kids. Yeah, exactly. They've, they've done a pretty good job of that through the two series. And um, these two in particular, yeah, it's it's really sweet. Mm-hmm. There, there's a point where Dog says something like, um, has one of your kind and one of my kind ever been friends, much less best friends? And yeah. it's, it's, it's really sweet. It's, it's, it's nice, you know? Yeah. And then and then we immediately cut to uh, Keiko and uh, Chief O'Brien. Yeah. Miles, do you have to go? I'm trying to defend the entire Alpha Quadrant here. This is kind of a big deal if the Cardassians get a hold of the wormhole. But who's no! going to change Molly? Molly's She's four. four. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, granted, sake. granted, she was just born ten minutes ago, <laughs> but she is four now. That's how it works on Star Trek. Yes. Just ask Worf and his poor little, like, ten-year-old uh, kid. Father, why am I ten? Shut up. <laughs> oh. And it should work in another Worf beats his kid joke. <laughs> Didn't think we'd uh, be able to get back to that for a while. Nope. Now, this is one of the things I like about this show, too, is if Next Gen had done a story like this, they would have just immediately cut to the action. Like, this show takes its time, and and you had mentioned because it's a Mm three-parter, but this show takes its time, like, showing how things impact the characters. Yeah, it's It's, one of the great things about this show. And everyone's got their own little private lives. They've got their own little personal things. And, yeah, Cisco's giving speeches, and at the same time, like, uh, you know, Jake's hugging a Ferengi. Yeah. And poor Morn is having to leave the station that he loves so much. <laughs> well, the bar stool that he loves so much. At the, at the request of his great, of the coolest guy he knows, Lee. Lee. <laughs> Once again, like uh, in, in, in the first part, you got, no, wait, no, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. That was Vedic Burial that he was a big fan of. Oh, that's right. That was in the previous episode. Maybe, uh, I guess it's uh, Morn just collecting uh, Heroes of Bajor trading cards. Yeah. Here, could you sign this for me? I was trying to do a Morn voice, and I realized we don't know what the hell he sounds like. Nope. I mean, he just won't shut for, up. Just talk straight for 20 minutes, and yeah. then, uh... <laughs> oh, well, that'll be really no hard for me, there. Matt. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> well, why don't you just talk, then? See how easy it is. Oh, man. <laughs> what else did I think about this episode? I don't know. What was your bad thing? Oh, good question. So, in the middle of their evil and... Uh, horrible Star Wars meeting. We get uh, Minister Jaro and Vedic Wind g- keep giving each other weird back rubs. And it's <laughs> creepy. I, they were just like holding each other's shoulders. They were yes, even it was rubbing. gross. Okay. 
But they, were, they weren't exactly back rubs. I think I, if that's your idea of a back rub, you're not really getting the full back rub experience. Soon, Bajor will fall to us. Ah, right there. Yes. <laughs> that's the sweet spot. Now uh, you do me. They're just ah. sort of like standing behind one another, grabbing the shoulders. Like, that's all. You're helping me out with my plan, S.A. <laughs> you look like a gringo. S.A. <laughs> His his name is is Essa. That's and, it. And and she's familiar enough with him that she can call him Essa. But it, it does like... it does sound a bit like uh <laughs> now we shall enact phase two of our plan, SA. <laughs> yeah, I wrote an S I wrote an I wrote something to my S Steve <laughs> I won the essay contest. <laughs> I accused my parents. <laughs> You guys want to hear about that essay contest I won? Uh, you know, it's my birthday. You know, I, I will also say that uh, those two are barely in it. That's true. Like, for being the big, uh, you know, evil force behind the previous two episodes, mm -hmm. they're barely in it at all because there's all this other stuff going on. Does Jaro, do you remember if Jaro comes back at all? I don't think the actor does. Maybe they mention him, like, doing stuff off screen. All right, okay. But I don't think Frank Langella comes back because he like, was, you know, not a huge name, but bigger than TV, yeah, I think. Big, like, I mean, he's big enough to do movies pretty regularly. Yeah. Not so, in, like, you know, major parts. So he was Skeletor, a... But... He was a... No, he got to be the bad guy in Darkman. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. And, uh, you know, Skeletor. And yeah. Nixon. The three evilest people ever. <laughs> <laughs> that guy in Darkman. Skeletor and Richard Nixon. Durant. Oh, right, because then there was, like, the direct-to-video Revenge of Durant. Yes, remember G Durant? You know, Jimmy Durante. <laughs> they put a giant prosthetic nose on him. <laughs> I got a million of them. You're going down, dark man. Ha-cha-cha-cha. <laughs> I'm back for revenge. What other What other podcast are you going to get? MST3K <laughs> references... References to uh, Latino street slang and Darkman references. I feel like not enough podcasts are referencing Darkman. No. If you're a podcast and you're listening to us, try and work in a little Darkman into your show. Yeah, let, let's get a little podcast brotherhood going here. We yeah. gotta, we gotta, we gotta bring Darkman back. How about Darkman? There was what was it? Summer of ninety, just like car uh, commercials constantly. Yes, I believe you'll recall it was the summer of Darkman. Yes, and they just kept saying, "Who is Darkman?" and that was it. Who was Darkman? I don't even know. Was it Liam it, Neeson? It was Liam Neeson. Oh, I don't know. He put I... a funnel on his head. <laughs> Watch the dancing freak. Fucking Darkman. <laughs> well, when you put Frank Langella <laughs> in something, it's going to come up. I mean, that's just true of anyone. Like, the people in his family are constantly talking to him about Darkman. Yeah. God damn it, I just played Nixon in a very prominent movie. So how, so what was it like working with Darkman? <laughs> was it like playing, playing Durant? <laughs> Possibly Durant. Did you come back for Darkman 3? <laughs> die, Darkman, die. <laughs> I can't believe you knew that. I worked in a video store in the how 90s. How much do you know about Darkman? <laughs> well, seeing as I've never seen Darkman, surprisingly a lot. I think we need to watch Darkman. <laughs> I don't think we do. I think we need to watch Darkman right now on the podcast that why are, I forgot we were recording. Why are we why why are we watching Darkman? 
why are we talking about a, a, a terrible Sam Raimi movie from the early 90s when we could be talking about a good episode of Deep Space Nine? It's a really good episode, too. It is a quite good episode. And all the stuff that happens in the other two parts really comes together nicely. It does. All right. <laughs> get, get it together. <sighs> why don't you tell me about your good thing? Get your dark mans out. Oh, my God. Okay. There were some really good Dax and Kira scenes. Um, the plan is, okay, they, they evacuate all the non-essential people. Um, Cisco and O'Brien and uh, Bashir stay behind. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kira and Dax go to one of the moons of Bajor where there's like, um, from the Resistance, there's a bunch of old like uh, shuttles and stuff. Yeah. And that's how they decide they're going to sneak to the planet rather than, you know, going overtly. They're going to try and sneak. And uh, they don't make it. They they get uh, they get attacked. But yeah. through this whole thing, there's this great. You get to see what Kira got up to during during the occupation. Yeah, it was so like we actually get to see her as like oh, an ex war hero. Yeah, like and and Dax is just horrified because she's been in Starfleet at least two of her lifetimes. Yep. And she's like, "Really? You want me to? You want me to get in that thing? Huh? It doesn't have any sensors." And Kira's <laughs> like, "Well, fucking look out a window." Yeah. What a piece of junk. Yeah. She'll make, uh, well, she won't make very many points past light speed. No. She'll do the Kessel Run in something. Right. But it's a a great pairing of characters. Yeah. And we start to really see, like, real Dax, the Dax that we remember from from later episodes. Good Dax, not boring Dax. Yeah, like some really great comedic stuff. Mm -hmm. She's really funny. Like, um, oh, God, what the hell is her name? Uh, Terry Farrell. Terry Farrell, thank you. Yeah. She, like... She's really, she's really good. No, she's episode. got good comedic timing, and you know, all Becker jokes aside, I can see why she left to be on a sitcom because yeah. she's good at comedy. It's just, it's nice to finally see that after so much bland Dax. Yeah, and unfortunately, we'll get more of that in the next episode. Yeah, but eventually, it'll go away, and this is sort of our first indicator of what you know what we got to look forward to. Right, and because there's a lot of Kira, like, all right, let's do this, and mm. she's like, uh, what? What are we? What are we doing? Yeah. Like I say, there's a lot of like, you know, there's no sensors. Look out the window. Uh, you fly by the seat of your pants, that kind of thing. There's yeah. a great line that was almost my quote, or if it would have been my quote if this were my episode, rather. Mm-hmm. Which which is, um, I thought we were flying by the seat of our pants. Why don't you shoot using your eyes, not your pants? Ah, <laughs> uh, pants. Pants. Pretty great. But uh, there were there were some great scenes. And on top of everything else, as much as we talked about the way female characters were handled in Next Gen, you don't even think about it at this point, but they sent the two girls to go fix a shuttle and go on a dangerous mission. Yeah, it was great. And it's it's so incidental. It's so just like, these are just two characters. It's not yeah. a big deal. They're... It's, not, it's not important. It's just, well, we'll send Dax because like, yeah. Dax apparently has a lifetime of uh, knowing about how old crappy ships work. Yeah, Dax's second host uh, repaired engines, which, yeah. okay, would have been like when we were just leaving Earth. Yep. Like, Dax's second lifetime would have been sometime when we just launched the Mars probe, like, last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not really seeing how that helps now. Well, f- look, it got her off the station, okay? Yeah, that's true. We got but, work to do. But there were, there were practical story reasons for it, is what I'm saying, and, yeah. and there's no particular reason why it couldn't be the two girls yeah. and it's nice that nobody makes a big deal out of it it's just not a thing it's just like here are two useful people on a useful mission yeah and it's and nice it's like and they do a good job they definitely do a good job and so they end up crashing on the planet and mm. they gotta they gotta haul themselves through that dentist's office excuse me i mean jungle oh yes <laughs> i don't know they went you on location a- like like twice in this three-parter yeah, and they, I assume I assume they blew the budget on that canyon. 
yeah, they went to that canyon for the prison planet, and then they went to that arboretum or whatever it is for uh, for Burial's, you know, garden. Yep. And then they go back to Planet Hell where there's like ten potted plants and it's supposed to be a jungle. Yep. That just it really disappointed me because there was sort of a big epic feel to this. Yeah. Here, put these three ferns in, and then uh, that's yeah. your jungle. That's the that's the. It looks like the planet from the apple. Boy, we sure are in the jungle, aren't we? You know where we are. We're, We're in, in the, the jungle, jungle baby. baby. Don't call me baby. <laughs> Name's not baby. It's Janet. It's Narice. Oh right, Narice. It's essay. Essay. It's Dark Man. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd bring it back to Dark Man. He'll be back. <laughs> and die, in Dark Dar- Man, die. In Dark Man 4, Revenge of Die, Dark Man, Die. <laughs> it's German for the Dark Man, the. <laughs> so my bad thing, okay, there's, there's, first of all, this isn't particularly a bad thing, but uh, the dude from Wings, Steven Weber, uh-huh. was in this. He was, okay, there's a Bajoran uh, force that takes over the station. Yeah, the got, sloppiest uh, <clears throat> force of people taking over a station I've ever seen. Yeah, instead of, like, sweeping in, you know, like, uh, commando, you know, everyone watch your six kind of ways. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I was expecting. They're all just, like, walking in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Like, waiting, just waiting to be sabotaged. I mean, fucking uh, Bashir gets the drop on a few. Yeah, you guys deserve to trip over Odo. Yeah. Oh, Odo can turn into a third thing now. Yep. He's got mouse, he's got cup, and he's got weird tripwire thing. Yep. So good the three for most useful things ever. <laughs> Hot dog, igloo, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Man, I wish Odo talked like Meatwad. <laughs> Everything was exactly the same except that. The what now? <laughs> Quark! <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> Odo, make the money, see. Odo, get the money, see. Oh, Christ. Driving in his car, living like a star. Ice on his fingers, on his toes. It's not an I'm a tard, which is what I always thought it was. I, right? Yeah, no, it's I'm a Taurus. Oh. Who knew that? I didn't. I had to turn on the uh, the subtitles. I had to check. Yeah. Now we're talking about Aqua sure Teen. I knew exactly what was happening in Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Are, are, are we just completely, like, are we trying to get away from the second episode? Is that the deal that here? Mi- that must be it. We're trying to stretch out uh, the first one, yeah. The so, siege oh, as long as possible. We hit our hour. That's uh, that, uh, too bad. Mm-hmm. Too bad, invasive procedures. Ah, <laughs> uh, what a shame. Yep. Uh, All right, what else? Do? So we answer the question about the provisional no, hang government. Hang on, hang on. I wasn't finished yet. I was oh, talking I'm about, sorry. That's okay. I was talking about wings. Right. And um, at the end, he just sort of kills Lee. Oh, yeah. He just kind of like, uh, everything's fine. Everything's back to normal. The the general who was in uh, the previous episode, who's mm-hmm. actually pretty cool, respects Cisco. Yep. Just kind of following orders in, in a real just following orders way, not in a making excuses, just following orders way. Right. And uh, Cisco gets the better of him. And he's like, well, well played. And then mm-hmm. Lee's like, no. And he shoots Lee. Oh, uh, and I'm so sick of seeing that, uh, like, last thing in the episode. Yeah, where you gotta have the one final tragedy. Now, Lee talks a few times about how I'm not really a hero and how I might as well just die. Mm -hmm. And then they just let him die. That just seems too neat and cheap. Yeah, I like that character. Yeah, me too. And it it says they couldn't afford to bring him back. Like, he he was kind of a big actor. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they kill him at the end. You send him off to Bajor to do, like, government stuff. Yeah, and every now and then you just mention... Yeah. Oh, Minister, or, I mean, Minister you know. Leonalis has decided to do this. Yeah, or I'm sure they could pull together some money and bring him back in a couple of years or whatever. It's not a big deal. Yeah. 
Well, as the as the focus of the show shifts to a broader perspective, we yeah. don't really get all the Bajor stuff. We just sort of hear about it off screen. Yeah. That would be fine. Yeah. But uh, they just, just sort of, like, kill him. Just, it seems like it's just one one last thing to finish off the episode and it didn't see it wasn't necessary well it feels like they were trying to give him a character arc which i appreciate yeah but like that's not how that character arcs no i I see i think it does to his death yeah maybe not this soon anyway i i think because he was talking about how he's not really a hero and how he would better serve bejor dead he actually Mm -hmm. has a whole speech about that Mm. and he even says to cisco like his dying words or something to the effect of there i got my wish and, I'm a hero now. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think he wanted to be a hero is the thing. I think he just wanted it all to go away. Yeah. Well, he got that. Yep. I just, I think the way they did it was a little clumsy. Like, yeah. the, the the writer's justification of it was, this is his arc, and I can see that. But I think it's a little clumsy the way there, it happened in the episode. Like, okay, we're at the end. Oh, one more thing. Yeah, no, there, there's a better way to do that. There is, and that wasn't it. Didn't he die save? Did he die saving Cisco or Chief O'Brien? I'm not sure. He, the 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 wings dude was firing at someone, and he jump. He does the no, no, yeah, and he jumps like flailing his arms. At least they didn't slow it down this time. That's did they slow it down before? <clears throat> that one uh, a couple of weeks ago with uh, Cisco going. No. Oh right, right, right. With uh, 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 what's her face? Cute Bajoran chick trying to blow up the school. Right, Keiko. Keiko builds a school. Yes, that's what it was called. There you go. Yeah, Keiko is right. That'll be an easy one to remember. Yeah, what's this one? Keiko is right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when we go back and write our episode guy, that'll be... Uh... Miles! <laughs> Miles, I'm right this time! Uh, the thing you were going to mention before I cut you off there was that uh, we got our answer. Last week, your big bad thing mm-hmm. was uh, how come Starfleet just pulls out so quickly. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> That's a sex thing. Yeah. <clears throat> No, my uh, like my big thing last week was just like you know you guys bailed on uh, Bajor pretty quick, so yep. This puts a pin in that. That's like the provisional government's basically gone. Yeah, and our agreement was with the provisional government. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. No provisional government, no agreement. We gotta we go. Out. Yep. And that makes sense. And they didn't go anywhere anyway. Mm-hmm. Cisco, there, there's a whole speech at the beginning, which is a great speech. It is a great speech. Where Cisco's like, I can't ask any of you to stay, and it's going to be dangerous and whatever, and nobody goes. And we've seen this in Star Trek before. Yeah. I, Kirk's done no it, one's Picard's gonna, done No one's going to fault any of you people for... Uh, just for once. Leaving. Just once I want to see someone say, okay, I'm leaving. <clears throat> so long. Yeah, actually, I want to see a handful of people just, like, go. Yeah. Just like, okay, yeah, this isn't my fight. I don't, you know. And the whole thing, Cisco says, like... You, you've got a Bajoran wife now, and you, you, you know, you've started a business with some Bajorans, and you know, and like you, Scarecrow. Yeah, but the whole idea is that uh, different people are involved with Bajor. Like, there's there's a relationship happening. Yeah, and nobody wants to leave their Bajoran friends and and lovers and so forth. Yes, but there's got to be some people who just don't give a fuck about Bajor. Yeah, there's one guy who's like, I fucking hate Bajorans. This is just a job. This is just a shitty job. I never get to go through the wormhole, which is the only cool thing about this job. Look, I'm waiting to get picked up by the hood next week, okay? I'm in the middle of a transfer. Ensign Sadsack? Yeah, that's right. I'm pretty Transferred sure... Transferred over to the hood and they've just forgot about him. That's why he's stuck here now. <laughs> but he's he's got, like, a he's like a replicator repairman or something, so, like, yep. it's, it's a job where he never gets to do the one cool thing, which is yep. go through the wormhole. Also, he's outranked by scudders. Yes. Are there scudders? There should be. Are there things like scudders? 
There definitely should be. I haven't seen any, but there should be. And they should teach them how to do the Rimmer salute. Yes. Exactly. And the V sign. Yes. Uh, England's version of the finger. Right. The V sign. Yeah. Which is, um, what does that stand for? The Vuck you? Yeah, there you go. Vuck you. Which is, Vacuum. You know, vacuum. There you go. Go vacuum the floor. So offensive. Except that means Hoover in, in England. Oh, that's so right. That would be a whole other thing. Uh, let's talk about that horrible spider, speaking of vacuum cleaners. Oh, I love that spider. He looked terrible. Well, you mentioned it looked like a spider puppet on a Roomba. It did! Except they didn't have Roombas in 1994, so it would have been they like a... Build, they had to invent the Roomba and glue a spider to it. <laughs> it it was... It, it really took me out of the episode. That and the uh, the fake jungle. Yep. Really took me out of the episode. Like, when ever, all this epic, big, giant stuff is happening, and then, oh, look, there's a there, there's Gene's dog with a horn glued to its head. <laughs> Here, pull it across the floor. Yep. It's like, you guys know you could have done that without the puppet, right? Just have uh, Dax react to it? Yeah. Might have been funnier. No? All right, whatever. Yep. Spider puppet. And they had uh, they did have Dax react to it, which is in... We, we find out that, um, that uh, Trill are super allergic to, well, they, they say insects, but, you know, insects and spiders, shut up, nerds. Yeah. Um, because uh, the poison separates the host from the from the symbiote or something like that. I felt like that was a lie from Dax because she just doesn't like bugs. Yeah, it did sound a little contrived, but it was... Uh, really... Yeah, I'm allergic to this thing that I just don't like. Right. Uh, we get Cisco uh, leaving his baseball behind. Yep. As a sign that he's coming back. The traditional sign that I'll be back. Yeah, that'll that'll come up again. He's not going anywhere. Which is interesting because he has the baseball prop from a terrible episode, mm-hmm. which was uh, If Wishes Were Horses. Yep. But it's used to great effect to mean this This is Cisco's territory. This is his object that says, I live here. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think is interesting. It's so weird that that's what he has, though. Like, it's not like well, Brian has a leprechaun on his desk. Uh, I don't know. Leprechauns are sort of a stereotype uh you know indication of his culture mm-hmm. i i don't think humans or even black humans are known for their love of baseball like i think that's at least sort of a you know an unusual thing about cisco yeah that's true like his his interests are varied and not at all like oh he's that guy yeah he, he's into it's... gourmet cooking and baseball like he's yeah. he's very those are both weird enough to be things that a guy is actually into exactly Whereas being into, you know, whiskey and leprechauns, yeah, might might be a little stale. <laughs> Meet um, Scotty. He loves drinking and the bagpipes. Oh, He's yeah. from Scotland. Right. Well, thankfully, when we got our first black captain, they they didn't go in that direction. Because that uh-huh. could have gone really ugly oh, really boy. quickly. And, you know, I got to say, when this show aired, when it first came on, they made a big deal. Mm-hmm. First black captain, first African American, you know, and that, and that's cool. I'm glad they did that. Yep. But I, I just, I don't think of it now. Like, no, as, he's just, a, he's just an awesome guy. He's one of the captains. He's my favorite captain on yep. my favorite show. But it's so like they don't call attention to it, which is exactly how you handle that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the future where it doesn't matter, and here it's kind of like I was saying that with the chicks, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter that they're sending the two chicks on the mission. They're just the ones on the mission. Yeah. He's just a guy. It doesn't matter. It's, but It's not about race or gender or anything. It's right. about people doing a job. But I mention it because when the show aired, when it came on, TV Guide and all the other the media that covered it talked about that a lot. Like, that was a huge aspect of it. Well, I mean, like, you know, we're talking about a show with, like, a pretty long-standing pedigree. 
Yeah, I suppose that's true. That's supposed to have, like, um... Yeah, equal representation of the races, so... Yeah, except that we've never, like, you know, it's always been white dudes in charge. Right. And and Janeway, again, they made a huge deal out of a woman captain, mm -hmm. and that's not why I didn't like that show. No. So many reasons I why mean, I didn't the like thi that show. That's the thing. It, it should be a huge deal when it happens, and then it should stop being a huge deal. But that's the thing. The show, because it exists in the future where, you know, Nobody we're supposed to be past all that, Yeah. it only comes up in the episodes where we where we deal with the past, which will happen in the future. Yes. <laughs> um. And and you know we actually deal with time periods where that's where it matters. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just it, it's weird for me thinking back because the media at this point was talking so much about first black captain. That's so weird. And it's a thing I don't even think about, mm -hmm. which is as it should be. Yeah. That means it's that means they're doing their job. That means they're doing it right. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, what else? Let's see. Um, we get one of the stupider rules of acquisition, which is don't make fun of a Ferengi's mother. Yeah, much in the same way that Trill are allergic to insect bites, I'm pretty sure Quark <laughs> made that one up, too. Yeah. Never make fun of a Ferengi's mother. That, I want to say this right now, though, he does this weird fast crawl through the, uh, the Jeffrey's tube. Yeah, kind of creep me out. Armin Shimmerman has this very physical, like, strange physicalness about him. Yeah. He can do physical comedy in a very unusual way that you don't typically see. It's like his body moves weirdly. Which is which adds you know? to his alienness. Yeah, I like that. I like that he's sort of he's the main representation of Ferengi now. Like we can kind of forget about the crouchy laser whip guys. Yep, it's sort of like Worf represents all Klingons. Mm -hmm. The you know Quark represents all Ferengi, and they're weird now. Yeah, which is cool. I like that. Yeah, way better than stupid. Yes, <laughs> I will always take weird over stupid. I think well, that's one of my life philosophies. You're blowing the only word we're going to be using in the next episode. Oh, yeah, ooh. Because it comes up like seven or eight times. Well, I'd hate to burn out stupid like I burnt out Darkman. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Darkman. Darkman? Why don't you give me a quote for this episode, man? Why don't I indeed? Okay, so um, there's a lot of good lines in this one. Um, I was actually really close to picking uh, uh, Jake and Quark. All right, Jake and Quark. Jake and uh, <laughs> Nog saying goodbye to each other, but... Uh, Eventually, I had to fall back on uh, Quark and Odo loving each other again. Hey, Odo. You'll miss me. You know you will. Say it. I'll miss you, Quark. You said it. I'll miss the aggravation, the petty theft, the bad manners. Odo. Take care of yourself. <laughs> As they do. Because it just makes me so happy. Yep. They're best friends. I just, I, I, and like, as he's leaving down the, uh, down the, the ops turbo lift, he's just laughing to himself. Yep. Makes me so happy. <laughs> and then Odo's just like, I don't like him. Ah, yep. damn it, I do like him. Yep. Well, I do like him, Walter. Ugh, our relationship is complicated. <laughs> just because you killed Jesse James. <laughs> I don't know. We, we we The Odo that we do is very similar to the Mike Ehrman Trout from Breaking Bad that we do. Yep. And suddenly he became Mike Odin Trout. <laughs> Mike Odo Trout. Yes. Which became a whole thing. Walter. <laughs> All right. I'm watching you, Walter. <laughs> you got anything further about the siege? I think that's ever Oh, they um the leaving Quark to die thing was kinda weird. Uh that's that's uh yeah, it's that's a bit surprising. Um Quark uh, and Rom sell seats 
for the escape vessels. Yeah. And uh, as Quark's starting to leave and there's too many people boarding the things, Cisco fucking strangles him. Yeah. Which, uh, look, I understand the tensions are high right now, but like... But all the shit he's been through in the last couple of episodes, yeah. they branded his head. Yeah, it's it, look, it's Quark's fault this is all kind of happening. Uh, I mean, he's the... I, it's at least his fault that Lee is there. I wouldn't give him the, the circle. That's not his deal. Yeah, but, uh, it, yeah I, he, I guess that's true, yeah. He did play a big part in getting this, you know, this uh, Bajoran hero, you know, saved. Right, which is a big deal. And then he, yeah. he took a bunch of physical abuse, and then he risked his own safety as a deputy of Odo mm-hmm. to get information about the Cardassians getting the weapons. Yeah. So he helped bust up the circle. Yeah. And and fucking, then he gets strangled and left for dead. Yeah, I'd say selling a couple of seats on uh, on a couple of shuttles isn't really that terrible yeah overbooking a flight yeah we've never yeah. done that on earth before nope okay. we've all be on the need for overbooking flights now mm. we can just replicate new chairs <laughs> uh i'm not sure you understand how flying works nope not really okay fair enough but, uh, uh rom trying to kill quark again still funny yep he sells his seat to a dabo girl so long yep. brother but it's it's nice because Rom took a beating in these last previous episodes where it was the six for one, six for me, one for you. Yep. And then he complains and okay, seven for me, one for you. Yeah, it's not like you can't exactly see this coming. No. And then in the next one, there was another thing where he sort of took a beating, and then uh, Rom gets his revenge in this one, which is yeah. kind of nice. Oh, speaking of that, apparently uh, Nog's back in school. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I guess you know, either Rom got sick of having him around or. They forgot. Sneaking back into school. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Either way, that's nice. Yeah. Good for them. (laughs) Yep. Very cool. No, because he and uh, Jake say something about, you know, we'll be back, you know, making Mrs. O'Brien crazy in no time. A noble pursuit. Yep. God bless you, Nog and Jake. You keep wanting to call him Rom. I know. I really like saying Rom. I think that's the problem. Oh, fair enough. It's a good name. (laughs) And you keep like saying Darkman as well. I do. Dark man God and bless Rom. you, Dark Man. Keep screwing with Mrs. O'Brien. <laughs> Dark Man and Rom, they're cops. <laughs> See the dancing freak, brother. <laughs> Listen, Dark Man, has there ever been any any human in any Ferengi as close as we are? <laughs> this, this took a very weird turn. <laughs> Anyone who wants to draw us some Dark no. Man and Rom fan art. No, 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 no. When when we ask for things, I like to ask for marketable things. I don't know Let's... that we're going to sell a lot of Darkman and Rom shirts. I disagree. Which reminds me, nice nice little segue there. We do actually now sell uh, shirts of the, uh, the the Quark the the Odo yelling Quark illustration. Yeah, I have one. It's awesome. Which is quite nice. And uh, there's another one, the uh, the Armus one, the I Armus Pa shirt. Yep. Which is also quite nice. And um, those are those are for sale. If you go to postdomicorror.com and click on store, you can you can check that out. Just mm-hmm. I always forget to mention that when I plug things. Yes. So I'm mentioning so, it now. Buy buy the shirts; they're really cool. Yeah. And uh, if you make Darkman and Rom popular enough, then uh, maybe we'll sell that on a shirt. I don't know, because then we're Chal- gonna have to deal with the the Darkman people. Is the challenge problem with accepted? That. Yeah. The Darkman people are gonna come knocking. I wish I knew who owned Darkman. Is it Warner Brothers? Probably Sam Raimi. I don't know. If it's Paramount, then, like, we've already got a crossover just right there. Yeah, and then we slap a TARDIS on it, and we're all set. Yep. Well, Listen, Dark Man's due for a comeback, okay? Well, a gritty reboot. Yeah. How do you get grittier than Dark Man? 
They'll find a way. All right. Also, they can fight Bane. <laughs> Great. So now you get to do your main voice. Hmm? Now you get to do your Bane voice. I don't think there's any time for that right now, Al. We need to talk about invasive procedures. Oh, God. Must we? <laughs> I'd almost rather you do the Bane and the Armas voice than talk about invasive <laughs> procedures. Be careful what you're asking for here. Yeah, I'm not asking for that. <laughs> Only if you combine them. Ooh. You think about that while I tell you about invasive procedures. <laughs> there is a storm a-coming. No, seriously, like there's thunder and lightning in space. So the station evacuates everyone except the people who might be affected by a small group of terrorists pretending to be a storm-tossed ship, and what are the odds that's exactly what happens? Two Klingons, some chick, and a Trill dude sneak in through a back door left open by Quark. Quark! Force Odo into a locked bucket and proceeds to proceed to ops, where everyone's just hanging out, waiting to be hijacked. I mean, Odo's out of the picture for the moment, but we still have Kira, right? Oops. Nope. There she goes. Knocked on her presumably ridgy Bajoran ass by one of the Klingons. The Trill dude is here for Dax. Not Jadzia, but the slug. Dax. So then we get his ridiculous supervillain origin. They never understood him. They denied him his own Simbo slug. But he'll show them by stealing Dax. Why Dax? Well, obviously because Dax is in a military, uh, in the military aboard a secure space station, making it one of the easiest Trill to steal. Assuming there's a rainstorm in space and everyone takes their stupid pills and Quark leaves the back door open, and what luck, all that stuff happens. So he orders Bashir to perform a symbiectomy, which he does. Dude struts around with Dax in him for a while, but then Cisco talks him and his girlfriend out of it at the end. Now, the the first 98% of my summary only covers about the first half of the episode. Yeah, the rest of it's just still in time. Cisco talking the girl out of... Uh, yeah, out of out of the stupid plan and talking the dude out of the stupid plan is the rest of the like it's yep. just and on and on and on and on. It's just Cisco going, "Oh come on, oh come on, oh come on, oh you're mean." Just over and over and over again. What about if you didn't be Dax? How about that? the The thing is, I was wondering about halfway through this episode why I didn't like it mm. because it's like, okay, there's there's things about this, there's elements about this that I like in a Star Trek episode. What what's my problem here? It's the contrivance. Yeah. It's, we got a station full of people. Oh, well, they're all gone. Mm -hmm. We got people who can, who can totally take care of themselves still left behind. Oh, well, one of them's in a locked bucket and the rest of them are just, I don't know, inept. Yeah. And then like, you got Dax basically volunteering to die again. That, which at least is in her character, apparently. Apparently. I mean, if you'll recall Dax, the episode... That's another one where she just gives up and waits to die. Yeah, you're you're uh, being threatened with the death penalty for this crime. Yeah, okay. Whatever. I may have done it, I don't know, but go ahead and kill me. Like, uh, that's that's bad, man. Like, that's... Yeah. There's nothing interesting about a character who's just willing to throw her life away. No, but this is what she does again. Mm-hmm. And that's actually my bad thing, which is it's another episode about Dax that Dax is barely even in. Yeah, she spends most of this episode asleep. Yep. She we get to spend a lot of time with uh, evil Trill guy, which was actually my good thing. Oh, it's uh, he's played by John Glover, who played yep. uh, a, a character actor who's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, Matt, you recognized him as the voice of the Riddler from the I Batman animated him series. As, uh, voice of the Riddler. He was also Lex Luthor's dad on Smallville. He was also uh, the bad guy in Gremlins Two. Yep, he's he's been in a ton of stuff, and he's a great actor and uh charismatic as hell and and just when he's got Dax in him he plays it really well mm -hmm. you know benjamin we're old friends and he's, he's he does it really well but so when uh when he doesn't have Dax he's the uh barkley of trill 
Yeah, he's he's definitely a little a little shaky. Well, little, uh, well uh, he's not quite that bad. See, I I that really bugs me about uh, about uh, Dwight Schultz, mm-hmm. and I don't think this guy's style is quite that bad. Quite that, quite Schultz. Yeah, not quite, not quite full Dwight Schultz. No, you don't go to, you don't go full Dwight. No, of course not. Beats Bears Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Uh yep. Anyway, uh, what about you? Good thing. Did I have a good thing? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you have to by law. Gerard, the evil troll guy, has a very nice uh, '60s-looking girlfriend. She looks very out of t- out of uh, original series. Yeah, I think we determine what you like is her headband. She's got a headband, and she's got well, she's got kind of original series-looking you uh, not uniform, but like a costume on. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But yeah, but it's, it's probably mostly the headband. It makes her look like Gwen Stacy. She's got the, the bouffant with the headband. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is a very original series look, but even the character's not great. No. The acting's not particularly She's great. She's kind of whiny. You just you just like the look of her. Yeah. Well, she was a prostitute on uh, what what was the the very incredibly subtle name of the, of the bleak planet? Oh, Kafka 4. Kafka 4. Yes, the let's see. long lineup planet where everyone tur- wakes up as insects. Right. I just, I mean, we're trying to think of a place that sounds bleak. Then yep. Kafka ask. Ah, fuck it, just call it Kafka. Ah, it could be worse. There's could a planet it? in a Star Wars book I read called Despair. Well, is it spelled, spelled with a Y? I was going to say, is it spelled funny? Yep. With an apostrophe or something? Yep. Despair. See that that works in writing because you're not sure how it's it sounds, but as soon as you put it in a movie or no, a, or a, you're pretty sure how it sounds. Audio book or something, you know. Uh, but yeah, Kaf- on Kafka, Kafka four, Kafka four, the sad planet, pretty terrible. And um, yeah, so she's a hooker there, mm-hmm. and this dude rescued her, and so she's willing to kill whoever so he can steal a Dax. Yep. They should have called this one the Dax job. You were only supposed to blow the bloody worm off. <laughs> we need a team. We need a resourceful somebody. We yeah. couldn't get that? All right, well, hire me two dumb Klingons. <laughs> There's a great... Um, I think I may end up making this my quote instead of what I picked. Because what I picked doesn't really have words in it. It's not, but it is a really nice sound. There's a there's a bit where, um, where Odo's in the locked bucket and they finally <laughs> rescue him. And uh, Quark picks the lock. And Bashir's like, well, you could let him out. And Quark's like, <laughs> And it's great, but I don't think it really is. It would work as a quote. It doesn't transfer well. <laughs> but I do enjoy the noise. No, it's a great <laughs> noise. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like Popeye. But there's a, um, there's a bit at the, um, in, in Quark's bar when uh, one of the Klingons comes in, supposedly to, to deliver his payment, but really just to threaten Quark. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, he, and he does this. You Ferengi, you think you're so clever, but you're stupid. Now, now, there's no need for name calling. If you don't want these liquid data chains, I'm sure I can line up dozens of other buyers. Go right ahead. Yeto, you expect me to believe that you've come all this way, brave the storm, just to tell me that the deal is off. <laughs> Stupid Ferengi! Which, you know, you'd think that's the only time they just say, you're stupid, no, you're stupid. (laughs) They throw that around in this episode, like, the whole time. I think it was the writers being all like, yeah, we realize everyone's pretty stupid in this one. 
And like I said, that's my biggest thing is all these contrivances. Everything's got to be exactly the right way. Everyone's got to take their stupid pills. Yeah. For this to all happen. Otherwise, you don't have an episode. It just, it felt lazy. Yeah, it did. If you're going to write an episode like this, then your criminals have to be super clever and they have to outwit all the normal things that happen on the station. Yeah, you can't just leave the door unlocked. That's, no, leave the door la- unlocked. It's lazy. Send everybody home. Yeah. And then have Kira not be able to kick anybody's ass. That really bugged me. Yeah. Like, there there are ways to make this an interesting episode. Like, yeah. the idea of having a uh, a trill well, who wants to... Who yeah, a failed wants, symbiont candidate. Yeah, who wants to have a, uh, a symbiont trying to steal Dax's. Like, there's potential there, you know? Well... And there's also potential in the uh, space rainstorm. Uh, see which that? we basically just ignore, except, like... Well, see, that I thought was kind of a dumb contrivance anyway. Well, li- if the storm had resulted in, like, you know, something happening, like power getting knocked out or something, but it's just an excuse to get everyone off the station. Right, which we just did in the previous episode. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem right there, is we just evacuated the station. You know, if you're watching these in order, we did it five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing it again. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just sloppy. It's, yeah, it's just lazy. Yeah. Um... And the the other thing, you'd have to write carefully if you were going to do this correctly, because mm-hmm. you know Dax is going to get Dax back. Yeah. Like, at the end, Jadzia is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Like, you can't write the danger being Jadzia is going to die because you know that's not the case. Yeah. So you make it about something else instead. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that either. I guess you could have it being the symbiote just being gone. Like, they could do that character without Dax. Yeah, but that's not that interesting. The whole thing is she's got this link to Cisco. She's got yeah. this lifetime, several lifetimes of experience. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you know, like the, there's very specific things that make this character interesting. And 90% of them come out of her belly. Well, yes. And the rest of them are, yeah, Jadzia herself is interesting to, to an extent. Except the only thing we see Jadzia without Dax doing is crying. Yeah. Oh, no, Dax is gone. Boo, hoo, hoo. I'm blue, sad and I got a hole in me. Blue, 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 as our friend Nathan says. Yes. That's it. That's that's the entirety of um, of of Jedzia's existence without yeah. Dax. And it eventually this character is going to get better. Yeah, we promise. Really, but right there's now a, there's a reason she's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I swear to God. <laughs> no, it's it. We see glimmers of it in uh, in the siege. Yeah, but in invasive procedures, not so much. Invasive procedures, by the way, sounds like a next gen title to me. Do so you think it sounds like a, a next-gen title? I think it sounds like butt stuff. I don't think those two are uh, mutually exclusive. I agree. <laughs> what was your bad thing? So, um, there's some things you can walk away from, and there's some things that you can't when you have a character like Quark, who sort of is a yeah, you know, morally shady yeah. character. Um, he sort of flat out and just completely lets a bunch of kidnappers onto DS9. Kidnappers and, and potential murderers. Yeah, and get, just gets away with it. Yep. Like, he doesn't... You, you don't just get to be back at the bar the next day. Like, no, at I the talked, very least... I, I talked about in the previous episode how they mistreated him, and they totally did. Mm-hmm. But in this episode, they completely go the other direction. Yeah. And just forgive him for some unforgivable shit. Like, the thing about Quark that makes him likable is that, you know... He's got the... He's sort of like... This is weird. He's sort of like the Han Solo of this show. No, he is. And... Because his heart's in the right place. Yeah. Like, he's basically a good guy. Yeah. And the thing is... is just into some shady stuff. 
through season one, we saw, like, we never saw him cross this line. No. We always see, like, yeah, he does some shady stuff, but, you know, inevitably, like, in uh, the, the first episode of season two, where he turns in some bad guys. Yes. Like, his heart's in the right place. Yeah, like, you know, and just having him, like, first of all, having him do this. Yeah. I could see him sneaking some people onto the ship, if they, if they or onto the station, if he thought they were going to, like, steal something or whatever. Yeah. And, and I can I can see them doing this as him making a mistake or something. Yeah. But like, they never say that. He, they never say that, and he just he get it. Just he gets away with it. Yep. Like there's a little scene where Kira's like, "There's no way you're you're done on this station." Right. But he's not. No, everything's fine. He'll be back in the next episode. He's a reoccurring character. Yeah. And that's once again like y- you can't hinge your plot on something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. Dax is going to die. Quark's going to go away. No, they're not. Like, that's what j- I was saying about part part one of the uh, the three parter was mm-hmm. that Kira's not going anywhere. Yeah, the the thing with Quark is they need to play him as just devious enough that Odo can that Odo feel thinks it's okay to keep him around. Right. No, and if he was truly like letting if, murderers on yeah. the station, there's no way Odo would let him. Yeah, exactly. And by letting him get away with that stuff, it makes him look way more villainous than he should be for, like, one of our guys. Yeah. It makes Odo look stupid. Yep. Which, no. Right. And it just, like, it makes it, it makes everyone look like they're willing to turn a blind eye for this guy who's getting people hurt. Yep. No, it just, it's... It, ugh, it really no, bugs me. No, I guess an argument can be made that he redeems himself in this episode because he does do quite a few things to help you know, uh, stop the guys leaving and, and rescue Odo and all that. Yep. But it's not enough. It's not. It's not. Like, I mean, I can see them using that as justification for why he's there next week, but it doesn't make it. It doesn't work. No, it it's not. A, that's like a, that gets you reduced jail time, maybe. But that's yeah. about it. Yeah. But on the other hand, we don't want Clark to go anywhere because we like him. Yeah. It's just, it's this episode that bugs me. Like, I love the character. Yeah. No, it's it's a bit much. Yeah. And it's you, a, you got you when you bring a character like that into Star Trek, you've got to you know you got to walk a fine line with them. Yep, and they usually do. Yeah, like throughout season one, I wouldn't say they crossed that line. No, they did a great job with them in season one. I was shocked at how yeah fully that fleshed character, out. How yeah how quickly that character is already. We talked about that in like episode two or three somewhere, like really super early on. Yep, where he and Odo were completely fleshed out, and everyone else was still kind of lagging behind. Yeah, exactly. And and I still feel like that. But I feel like in this particular episode, I feel like in the last two, mm-hmm. because like I say, I feel like he was he was way over like over abused. Yeah. In the previous one, where like he helped out a lot, he did a lot of good stuff, and they just treated him like an ass. Yeah, it's like just left him you're to the, die. Just because you're the comic relief doesn't mean that the characters are allowed to treat you like you're the comic relief. Right. They have to keep treating you like you're a person. No, that's how that's that's how comedy works. Yeah, and that's like I think that's one of the problems with these last these last two episodes. Yeah, is the, and then they took him in the other direction in this one where he's just way too bad. Yeah, and they're eh, whatever. That's just, that's our quark. Yeah, Rom. <laughs> hey, brother. <laughs> uh, one of the Klingons was Tuvok, so that's a thing. Yep. Just thought I'd point the, that out. The, really, nothing. There, the, there's Tuvok. There's Tim Russ again. Yep. That guy's been in like every Star Trek ever. I I can understand why they gave him a uh, like a supporting role on Voyager. No, he's like you one know, of the main they, guys. Hey, you're doing you, you've been doing really good work on uh, various Star Treks. How'd you like to be a Vulcan? Yeah, all yeah. right. 
No, he was in uh, he was in Generations. Mm-hmm. He was in Next Gen, I think, twice. Yeah, he was in Next Gen, yeah, at least twice, because he was one of the... Uh, he was one, one of the, the guys uh, in Die Hard on a Ship. Yeah, yeah. And then he was someone else. Yeah, and then in this one. Yeah. And then he'll be back as Tuvok, I think. Yep. Like and, on DS9. Yeah, in the... in Yeah. Something. Yeah. They find a way to uh, to bring Tuvok into things. Yes. I know what it is, but I don't want to say. Spoilers. Actually, we're coming up on that that whole thing soon. We are actually, yeah, yeah, fairly soon. Looking over the uh, the list of <laughs> next week, there's an episode called Cardassians. I wonder so what sh- that'll be about. I'm sure we both remember which one that is. Is it the one where the Cardassians? Yes, it's awesome. the one. It's the one where the Cardassians. <laughs> uh, I'm getting a vision of us writing the book in the future. Yep, me too. What's this one about? Well, it's the this one is where the, the one Cardass- about the Cardassians. Of course. That's hilarious. That was hilarious when you said it two years ago. Yep. It's hilarious now. <laughs> so. Uh, we have fun writing together, don't we, Al? Uh, do we? Uh. So there's a there's a bit, like I said, the, sec- the whole second half of the episode is Cisco trying to talk people out of things. Yep. And uh, there's a bit, there, there, the chemistry between he and uh, John Glover as, as uh, Thief Dax is actually quite good. Yep. No, that, uh, he, like, we we talked about this a little earlier, but uh, he goes into be, like, having Dax in him pretty... Yeah. Pretty quickly. But then Cisco does this thing where he's, like, reminiscing, ha ha, yeah, that was great, huh? this friendship is over! <laughs> like, whoa, turn on a dime there, man. That's, uh, that's Cisco, all right. That sure is. This friendship is over! Yep. And then they cut to commercial. Yep. It's not really your best... Uh, no, we've had some better cliffhangers. Your best cliffhanger? No. We've had some better act-ending uh, cliffhangers before. Oh, man, did you see that? Their friendship is dead. Oh, no. I can't believe they killed off that friendship. <laughs> uh, well, you know it'll be back next episode. Yeah, of course it will. <laughs> this friendship is restored! <laughs> he has a friendship restoration ceremony in his quarters. <laughs> Don't you think this is a little much, Benjamin? No. <laughs> Why would I think that? Now, let's have some jambalaya. <laughs> I'm going to cut my thumb, and you cut your thumb. We'll be we'll blood press brothers. We'll together. It was really gross. And painful. <laughs> Speaking of uh, John Glover and his decent acting, there's a there's a great bit near the end where they've they've taken Dax back out of him. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up in surgery, and his, uh, his girlfriend's there. He's like, oh my god, it's gone. I'm alone. And she's like, I'm here. You'll always have me. And just the look that he gives yep. her. Like, oh. It's, it's perfect. Oh, goody. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, I'll always have you, the the hooker I rescued from oof. Kafka 4. You know, I didn't so much rescue you. Like, I mean, I rescued you. That didn't mean I adopted you. No, I needed a wheel man, and you were good for the job. Yeah. That's it. Oh, go, go away. Yeah. Ugh. You'll always have me. Oh, good. Oh, will I? Always. Also, hopefully he's going to prison after that. Will it be forever? Yeah. But, you know, who knows? Well, you know, prison in Star Trek is pretty much a party every day, so... Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Ensign Rowe made it sound like it was pretty rough. Nah. Eh, fair enough. Nah. Coach Z, you need to be in prison <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Three squares a day. <laughs> uh, and, of course, my last note here is, so do the spots go over the boobs or what? And then, of course, you leave me a little note here telling me exactly yep. where the spots Around the go. boobs, actually. It's awesome. How do you know that? Oh, I know. I've looked into this. 
extensively. Yeah, yeah but I don't think there's any canon place where you see a, tr a topless trill. No, this is just one of those things where the actual canon adopts the fan-made stuff because it's easier. Uh, sort of like uh, Tiberius. Yeah, that's fair. Tiberius and the dots go around the boobs. Okay, those are the two things. Yeah, those. that's it. Okay. Uh, you got anything else, or can we leave this one behind finally? I think that's just about it. There were no connections to Darkman in this episode. So. Alas, no. So that that's good, because that's all my Darkman references. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty much out. <laughs> that's why we have to watch Darkman. No, we're not watching Darkman. Not for this show, anyway. <laughs> Although you did come up with a potentially good... Uh, horrible thing for us to do for oh, our uh, yeah. for our next crossover next year with the uh, drunken time travel that's so good it's a shame we have to wait a year yeah yeah it's a real shame that's a damn shame yeah that'll that'll hopefully well i'd like to turn that into an annual thing around christmas yeah time. absolutely just team up with those guys because we we do enjoy that we hope you yeah, guys you enjoy that as well um as of this recording we are less than a week away from hearing if we have a panel at the emerald city comic-con Yep. Very excited, excited about that. Yeah. We have some we have some fun plans for that if that's the case. Uh yep. our episode guide is coming soon. Uh I think that's about it. Talked yeah. about the shirts, which I've been meaning to talk about for a while. Oh yep. we have a Tumblr if you're interested in that sort of thing. Yep. Postatomichorror.tumblr.com. We uh we post we just, the show there. We also repost whatever weird Star Trek shit we see. Yep. Which is often some, delightful. <clears throat> mostly uh, animated GIFs, uh, the occasional Star Trek art. Yep. But, uh, you know, Tumblr's full of weird things, and we try to we try to find uh, things that we think you'd be interested in and uh, mm -hmm. retumble them for you. Yes. So enjoy that. Yes, please do. We don't, we don't ship anything. Uh, we don't OTP anything that I know of. I, I, I may have shipped one or two things. What are you shipping, Matt? I shipped uh, Odo and... Uh... Mrs. Troy, remember? Oh, right. But that's it. That's all the shipping. That's the only OTP you have. Yes. Very well. I don't even, Matt. I don't even either. Okay. Uh, and with that, say your thing. Let's go watch Darkman. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2014. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.